would like to be the first one to formally apologize for the smell. Uh, for all of you that came up here today and haven't had a shower in the last 48 hours, um, the rest of us uh, apologize for the, the, hopefully the wind gets it out of here, or if you're downwind, you might want to switch, but um, happy Father's Day. It's awesome to have all of you guys up here. It is honestly one of the best backdrops I think I've ever been able to be a part of. I actually was not a part of the service last year. We were on sabbatical, and so we were out here by then, so this is just super fun to do this the second year in a row. Um, I wanted to real quickly, just, just if you can, I would love for you, we're going to just spend a second to be thankful because I can't help um, but think of the thankfulness that we have to have because there are so many things that could have gone wrong this weekend. There are so many things that could have gone um, horribly wrong. Some of you coming up this morning could have been bad, but I think like there's, there's reasons, God has given us many reasons to be thankful. So if you would just, just yell out what you're thankful for at one moment, just, let's just take some turns thanking God for what he's done for us. My dad's 93 and he's still with me. Yeah, praise the Lord. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yell it. I'm thankful that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. That's right, awesome. Unity. Unity. For my new grandson. New grandson, there you go. Woohoo! Absolutely, amen. Thankful for my new wife. That's right. Thankful for the water. Nice work, Hudson. Anyone else? Keep going. She yelled out. Thankful for my family. Thankful for your family. Awesome. Thank you for the opportunity to connect with everybody and the way the orchestra, God orchestrated this absolutely beautiful day we can worship them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm thankful for that I have friends um, to be with me when I'm feeling bad. Perfect. Yeah. Great friendship. Great friendships. That's right. That's right. Amen to that. <laughs> I'm thankful for um, my parents. Thankful for your parents. Awesome. Let me pray one more time for us, and then we're going to dig into God's Word. Heavenly Father, we are thankful that um, we even get to call you Father. It is an honor and a privilege. It is not something that um, I know I, I, I don't take lightly, and I'm confident that so many people are here. I just want to give thanks to you for this body, this uh, this wonderful, amazing group of people that I get the honor and privilege to be a part of. God, it is such a, such a joy, and so I'm just so thankful for them. I'm thankful for their hearts to serve you. I'm thankful for their obedience to, to follow you. I'm thankful for their faithfulness to each other. I'm thankful that they love each other. Um, they love my kids and that we can experience so much beautiful life. I'm just super thankful to think um, what this will be 20 years from now as your body continues to press into being more like you. So we thank you so much for what you're doing. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Father's Day is an interesting day because it brings about a number of memories for all of us. A lot of preconceived notions. And, and my dad's here. Love you, Dad. Thank you. So happy Father's Day to you. But I think that all of us have some preconceived notions about what fathers are. Some of you have really, really, really great experiences. Some of you have really horrible experiences with fathers. Some of you know, like, I don't have a dad around me, right? I, I've seen so many different issues. In, in my life. And I, I, some of you literally are still working through father issues. And all of us at, at the same point, no matter what, even my kids have experienced shortcomings in me as a father. And so when, when, when we look in the scriptures and 119 times God is referenced as father, 
I can't help but think that that understanding, that statement right there could radically transform the way we follow Jesus Christ and radically transform the way we live our lives if we truly understood what it meant for him to be our father. And so that's what we're going to spend just a little bit of time talking about today. See, it's, 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 it's incredibly provocative. Actually, if you look at the, uh, the Lord's Prayer, Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray, and he begins it with, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. That statement was something that was so provocative for Jesus to say because most of every single person in this day, not necessarily the Jews, they understood that God was the father of the people of Israel. Uh, most of the Romans and, and, and Gentiles understood that, that Zeus was in some way a father, ready to smite them with their lightning bolt if they stepped out of, out of the way. Even, even a lot of Rome understood that the emperor was cons- sometimes considered as their father. But for Jesus to come in and say that you and I, on an individual level, can say, our father, my father, Abba, my dad, is an incredibly provocative thing. I wanted to be really clear on this. It's not that God is the father of everyone, although he has created everything. The scriptures are very clear. It says in John 8, 42 and 44, that those who refuse to follow him, if God were your father, you would love me, Jesus speaking, for I came from God. You are of your father, the devil, and you are, your will is to do your father's desire. Romans 8 9 says, God is the father of only those who are led by the spirit of his son. Paul says, not everyone can lay claim to the privilege of knowing God as father. Only those who are born of God. John 1 13, who receive Christ. John 1 12, and who are led by the spirit. Romans 8 14, and have the right to receive the inheritance of the children promises like Matthew 7:11 say if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him the privilege of prayer and the promise that God does work in your life this is what it means to have God as your father we've been working through Ephesians and God has said he has adopted us and we are his children we are adopted into his kingdom But I'll be honest with you, even up until this week when I was studying for this, I still feel like this statement doesn't really sink in to us. It wasn't until I started reading this other set of scripture that I'm going to get to in just a second that I realized just how big of a deal, how incredibly powerful it is for the creator of all things, the one who knit you together in your womb, in your mother's womb, not your womb, that'd be weird, right? Knit you together in your mother's womb, the one that knows you intimately, and then to send his son a perfect, perfect living sacrifice to pay the penalty of your sins and my sins so that he can then call you his child. Not just his creation, but his child. And for me, for the longest time, I realized that most of us have some form of daddy issues where, we're, where if I just said this, no matter where you, whether you had a good relationship with your father, a great relationship, or you had no relationship with your father, if your dad came to you today and said to you in the most authentic and real and transformative ways ever. Look, I just want you to know I haven't been around or whatever it is. I've I've done the best I could, but I want you to know right now, I am so proud of you. I'm so pleased with what what you've done. I'm so amazed at what God is doing in you. I think that every single one of us would well up with some security and some strength. Maybe some of us, if we have too much bitter, we'd say like, well, it's about time you said something. But that's an us issue, not a them issue. But every single one of us wants to please. We want to please our fathers. We want to know that he, he, feels, he feels proud, and not in, a, in an egotistical or arrogant way, but proud of the person, of the, the man or the woman that we've become. And we live our lives in notion of this. My children are doing this on a regular basis. Dad, look at what I've done. Dad, look at this. Dad, look at this. And I am, like Matthew 7 says, an evil father. 
in comparison to God. And every single one of us wants to have that. In fact, I think most of us live our lives trying to please someone. We live our lives trying to prove ourselves to someone. And the issue is this, is that we've, we've forgotten the, the most beautiful promise that we have, is that those of us who confess Jesus as Lord and Savior, acknowledge Him as controller of our lives, we are adopted into His kingdom. We are adopted into God's kingdom. We now have God as Father. We may cry out, Dad. We may stand in His presence without shying away of our, our guilt or shame because it's been paid for by Jesus Christ. But even with that reality, I still find ourselves going, ah, well, that's neat, but I don't feel like I really settle into it. I don't feel like I really, really get what that means. And so I was thinking about today, in fact, that we have baptisms. No one is actually getting baptized today. One was going to get baptized, but dad couldn't be here. So I'm going to put this out right now. I did not put my swimsuit on for the reason to get my clothes wet with someone else. Okay, so I want to get wet. And I believe that there is someone here, not in some kind of sales pitch, but someone here that has been walking this line of baptism. And they've been afraid, they've been fearful, they've been, they've been neglecting or afraid of it, whatever it may be. I believe that, that God has called you to show yourself aligning with Him. And so I'm going to continue to pray for that. But it wasn't until I looked at Jesus' baptism when this whole Father thing really sunk in. See, most of us maybe would even say that we're trying to please God. We're hoping that, that Dan maybe is hoping that he's, he's leading worship well enough that, it's, that God's going to look down and smile and he's, he's, he's pleased with him. I'm hoping that, that whatever God says through me that I'll, I won't get in the way and that he'll be pleased with my, my efforts. The way that I love my wife or, or my kids that, that he'll look down and say, well, well done, good and faithful servant. In fact, most of us cannot get this out of our minds where we need to please God, where we need to do a little bit more. We walk with guilt or shame because we haven't done enough or we look at someone else and what they're doing, and we're saying, we can't do that. And it wasn't until I looked at this scripture here that it just radically transformed me. And I just, my prayer, my hope is, through the, the distractions, through the fresh air, through the exhaustedness from sore backs and sleeping on the ground, except for you nice trailer people, through the long drive you had this morning, maybe getting your kids out, I hope, I hope that this scripture penetrates your heart like it did mine. Not for some emotional reaction, but that you would you would instead find yourself a step closer to the, to, the, to the king, a step closer to our Father in heaven. If you know the story, Jesus is walking and he goes with his disciples and John the Baptist is still around. He's been proclaiming the kingdom is at hand, repentance and, and baptizing people. And Jesus walks up. This is, this is Matthew chapter 3. And Jesus walks up and, and John from a long ways away says, oh, well, I'm not even worthy. I'm not even worthy to baptize you. I'm not worthy to do this. And Jesus says to fulfill the, the scriptures, you must do this. And so Jesus gets in the water and he says, and then when Jesus, um, and then it, and he gets in the water with John the Baptist and it, it says in, in 31670, it says, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, whose voice is this? Whose voice? God's. This is God's voice. God's voice from heaven says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. The ultimate stamp of approval from a perfect God. This is my son, with whom I'm well pleased. 
And maybe we get hung up on what is the spirit looking like a dove or does, does God's voice really sound like Morgan Freeman's or like we, maybe we get hung up in all those different things in there. But the reality is what, what God is saying is he's, he's, he's opening the heavens. He's separating the heavens and speaking down to every single person there that hears this that says, this is my son. And he doesn't say, this is my son. And after he does in the next three years of ministry, I will be very well pleased with him. He doesn't say, this is my son. And when he can figure out how to love his wife and lead his children well, then I'll be well pleased with him. He doesn't say, this is my son. When he, when he walks from here and experiences the temptations from the, from the devil, when he comes out strong from there, then I'll be well pleased with him. Instead, he stamps his approval as a son. And that's the most beautiful thing ever. I think if I were Jesus Christ at that moment, I'd feel pretty puffed up, right? God just said he is well pleased with me. That's not what Jesus does. He goes on to serve. Romans 6, 3 through 4 says this. Paul speaking, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into, who have been baptized into Christ Jesus, all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death, going into the water, We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Now, you know what this means, guys? And this is what struck me so hard, so big about this scripture, is that when those heavens open up and that that Father's voice speaks down, you know what he's saying? He's saying to you and me, any of us that are in Christ. He's saying, Bren, you are my son and I'm well pleased with you. He's not saying that because I delivered some sermon that may work or because I love my wife the right way. No, he's saying because you are in Christ Jesus, this promise and this statement belongs to you as his children. Now just think for a moment. Think about how your life would look and how it would be different if you truly truly believed that God was already well pleased with you. Think about what you would do differently if you understood that there was no action that you needed to do to please God more other than be in Christ Jesus. We spent months through the first three chapters of Ephesians talking about just who we are because of what Christ has done for us. And people today, I believe that we have missed something so simple that God has pardoned the heavens. He has looked down to you who are in Christ. He said, you are my daughter. You are my son. I'm well pleased with you. Not because of anything you're going to do for his kingdom purposes. Not because of anything that he hopes you'll do, but because of who you are in Christ Jesus. Where we get in trouble is we start thinking about, well, wait a second. God's word calls us to obey him. And God's word calls us to live for his purposes and to to repent of sin. This doesn't change the rewards that we have. God still promises in some interesting way that, that he's well pleased with us from the very beginning. But I can live my life in a way that will bring about kingdom rewards. So this doesn't displace our obedience to God. Instead, this changes how we operate. If you truly have been 
surrendered to Jesus Christ, if you have been baptized into his likeness of his death and his resurrection, if you have submitted to him as Lord, the Holy Spirit has taken up residence inside of you and that Holy Spirit is compelling you and leading you to be and live more like Jesus Christ. But none of that changes at the very beginning. He is well pleased with you as his daughter or his son. And some of you, because of your ill placements from your father's, because of your imperfections as a father, because of your frustrations, your pains, you've missed what it means to have God as your father. And in fact, some of you are like me, where it's like, oh, that's just so neat that he did that. It's just so neat that God showed up and and decided to save me so he could be my dad. When the reality is, this is the creator of all things, that when anyone in the scriptures comes to him, they fall on their faces and say, I'm, I'm ruined and unclean and not worthy to stand in your presence. And he says, no, 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 that's true. But through Jesus Christ, I'm going to seat you as a co-heir with him in my kingdom, and you can call me father. And you can call me dad. And I believe wholeheartedly, I believe wholeheartedly that there are many of us that are going through the motions because we've lost, because we have daddy issues with our God. We're frustrated because we're like, how come I keep dealing with this depression? How come I can't find this relationship? How come I'm not married yet? Or how come I can't get through this illness? Or how come these things aren't working? And so we keep looking up at dad and say, come on, dad, like some spoiled little child. And he says, I'm so pleased with you. I'm working. I'm about my kingdom purposes, not yours. We have to remember that that God is our Father. And that should change the way we live. And some of you, that means that you need to step in obedience and get your clothes wet in a fairly cold lake. Some of you, that means finally submitting to Him as your Father and stop running from Him. Others of you, similar to the fact that maybe it's your earthly dad that you've kind of ignored, maybe it's time you just spend some time getting intimate with Him. Maybe it's time you start realizing that every single thing you have that is good comes from the Father. Every single experience you're going through, everything, every single experience you are going through, the Father is walking you through through the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ. My hope is that, that when you guys think about your Father, you no longer place your, your dad, your earthly father's face on God. You no longer operate. I don't care how good that image is, it's still not our God. My hope is that when you, when you pray, you don't pray to some deity at a distance. You pray to a God that created this. You pray to a God that created you, and you pray to a God that sent his son to be relational so that you can say, Dad, I need you. I'm hurting for you. I'm hopeless apart from you. I want to live for you. So what we're going to do real quickly here is we're going to, I'm going to pray for dads, dads that are here. I'm going to pray for fathers that are here. And as I do that, I want to just, I want to, I want to press on some of you right now. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you're distracted. Maybe you're, you're, you're kind of wishing you didn't make the drive up, whatever it may be, or you're thinking about lunch or how to undo your campsite. I want to press on you right now. If you, if you have dad issues with your God, I want, I want to, I want to encourage you to repent. I'm going to encourage you to repent with your family around you, the family that have been raising all of our kids. I don't know where my kids have been half this time. I encourage you to to ask someone for prayer in boldness. 
Maybe you need to approach someone and just pray for them, whether you know they have an issue or not. But I'm going to close this in prayer, and then Dan and Maddie are going to come up. Kiddos, we're going to let you stay seated this time, and we're going to sing some more songs. And then someone might be getting wet, but I'll be in the back if you want to come talk about getting wet and getting baptized. So let's pray. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we thank you that we can approach you as Father. Father, we thank you that you are our Father. God, I pray for the individuals in this nice, beautiful landscape that are sitting here going, I want, I long, I wish I could call you dad, but I don't trust you, or I'm afraid, or I'm too proud. God, I pray that you'd break their hearts down and bring them surrender to you. Father, I want to pray for earthly dads. God, I want to pray, I want to pray for the dads that are afraid of failure. I, help pray, I pray, God, I pray that you help them fear nothing but you. God, I want to pray for the dads that feel regret. Help them trust you not with, with what they had done, but trust you with the future. Heavenly Father, I want to pray for single dads. God, would your grace fill in the gaps that are felt there. Father, I, want you, I pray for those who have lost dads. Oh, Holy Spirit, would you please comfort on a day that seems so hard. Would you remind them that they have a Heavenly Father. Father, I pray for dads that only want to provide financially. I pray that you give them a perspective for the time that's missed in only providing financially. Father, I pray for new dads or expecting dads. God, I pray that you, you give them peace knowing that you are their strength. Father, I pray for those who have had abusive dads or have abusive dads. Father, I pray for restoration that can only break in in a way that your Holy Spirit can do through Jesus Christ. I pray for redemption. Lord, I pray for the dads that are empty nesters. I pray that you'd help them trust your call on their kids' lives. I pray that you'd help them not flounder or be lost in purpose in what they're doing now. Father, I pray for dads that are comparing themselves to other fathers. Father, I, helped, I ask that you'd help them see themselves fearfully and wonderfully made. Help them to identify their worth and identity as children of you. Help them to be the dads that you created them to be. And Father, we thank you for you. We thank you for you for being our dad. Not for the stuff that you give us. We don't thank you for the many blessings that we have. We thank you for, for you. We thank you for never abandoning us. We thank you for never failing us. We thank you for never making a mistake with us. Father, we thank you that you have perfectly loved us all the way through to the end of our lives and on. Father, I pray for every individual here. I pray that today they see you more as their dad than they've ever seen you, and that brings them to a spot of utter dependence on your strength and your beauty and your glory and your majesty. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would be a people that don't just look for things from you as dad, but instead we just look to you as dad. Father, I pray that you give us the wisdom and the strength and the, and the, um, the peace and the hope that you promised to give us and that we would live inside of that. Father, I pray for the individuals here that haven't been baptized, that haven't stepped out in faith in that, 
dying and walking in likeness to Jesus Christ in the tomb. God, give them the courage to do so. Heavenly Father, I thank you for, for making um, your church about you and giving us a way to, to praise and honor you. And so as we sing, God, as we sing right now, Lord, I pray, I pray that we don't sing in, as going through the motions. Instead, God, I pray that we pray uh, that we sing as an utter conversation. It's like we're sitting at a table with you, looking at you in the face. Only because of what Jesus Christ has done can we do such a thing. And may we stand and sing or sit and sing or sit and pray and repent. Whatever it is you call us to do, when we go pray for someone else, may we pray for ourselves, may we ask for prayer. Whatever we do, God, may we do it as people that are your children, trusting in you as our dad and your perfect and faithful love. We pray all this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.